with me today. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we just so, we're so grateful, we're thankful, privileged, and honored to see your face in this place exhibited through so many efforts and moments already. And God, I ask right now that the words that will come from my mouth, the motives of my heart, would be acceptable unto you, God, for you are my strength and my redeemer. God, I'm so grateful to, again, God, so much so for this moment that you've set aside for us, I believe even before the foundations of this world, to proclaim a word that would touch, challenge, and change us as well. And so, God, I ask that you will feed me on my feet, give me clarity and understanding of your word so that lives are touched, challenged, changed, and never the same. So, God, we are grateful and thankful for your word today. Why? Because it's your word that makes us new. Your word that teaches us about you. So make it clear and make it plain. In Jesus' name, would you shout like you love him? Amen. Come on, give it up for Jesus today. Wonderful stuff, wonderful stuff. All right, y'all, real loud and proud. Let me see them what? Amen. Put your Bibles in the air. And wave them like you do care. My friend, let's do the Bible wave one more time. From start from this time, let the Bible wave. The Bible wave was tight. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? One, two, three. Here we go. Bible wave, Bible wave, Bible wave, Bible wave. Back in one more time. Back one more time. Let go, let go, let go, let go, let go. Bam! There we go. We're on Team Jesus. Somebody shout, we win, we win, we win. Amen, amen, amen. I like that, bro. That, we're gonna do that. That's my new, they're gonna do it every week now. They're gonna do it every week. Just, just, just get ready for it. They start on Super Bowl Sunday because some of us are fanatics but not fans of God. You know, we'll shout loud at concerts and be quiet in church. Amen. So God bless you. I'm bringing them just a little bit, Rob. Just a real, I'm bringing them just a little bit. Amen. God bless you. Y'all give it up for our ushers as they uh, readjust uh, in the house. Amen. 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 God bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Awesome. Well, um, just want to continue this series, y'all. We've been talking about more in 2024. And one of the things that we've been really emphasizing over this year, every Sunday starting in January, I'm ringing just a little bit, Rob, um, is that we be t we're talking about made for more. Somebody shout made for more. And we want you to know that. We want you to receive that. And not only just receive it, but acknowledge it in your life as well. Know that God has so much more in store for you. And one of the things that we've been talking about, even from last year, and we hear it all the time, how eyes haven't seen or have ears heard or has it even entered into the hearts of men, what the Lord has for those who loves him. Now, what we've come to the understanding of is that we love the Lord. And so by his spirit, the Bible says later on in that same chapter that it will be revealed for those that understand the relationship they have with God, walking in the spirit of God. The spirit of God will reveal those things that we haven't experienced or seen yet, which have given us the understanding that God has more in store. Now, we start off the new year talking about more wisdom, and just a few weeks ago, we're in week number three now, of more power. Somebody shout more power. You know, that's what we really desire. I know I do as a believer because I don't want to just be coming to church, checking the block, experience praise and worship, and leave here with no power. 
Because power isn't something that we ought to ever abuse, but it is something we ought to use. And when we understand the power that God has given us, the same power, the same power that rose Jesus from the grave is the same power living on every side, inside of every believer. That means you got miracle working power in you. You got wondrous working power, healing power. But so many times we are, as believers, live be, be below our power privilege because we don't understand certain things that God is really doing in our life to the point where the enemy has stripped us of our power. And matter of fact, some of us have even given it away because he has talked us out of our power. And so I want to emphasize some things this week as we go back to Luke chapter 4. Let's go back there. Y'all, 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 have anybody been there this week? I kind of gave y'all where I was going to go this week so um, um, y'all could get a little uh, extra um, lesson in. And so uh, I want you to just go there with me today. And now, we talked about this thing in detail, and I want to just pick back up, but I do want to know, I do want to reiterate some things that is so important as we go into this chapter four, that chapter four blue. And as you go into this chapter, we, we came to the understanding this was right after a very pivotal moment in Jesus' life. He had just been baptized, and then the Bible says that he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Hear this to be tempted of the devil. Now this is so important because the devil didn't call him into the wilderness. It was God who led him there. Now I do believe this with all of my heart that when your faith and what you believe God for have not been tested, it cannot be trusted. And until your faith is put to the test, you may not be operating in the power you think you have. I tell you, hard times, that's why we came up with even these winning words, because we discovered that hard times always cause quitters to quit. But it really only make room for winners. And see, well, God, he's proven in your life that word tempt that the devil did, but God had put, was putting Jesus to the test. That word tempt and test comes from the same Greek word where we get the word prove from. In other words, every time God is testing you and the enemy is tempting you, it is really proving in you that, it, that you believe what God said over your life or you don't. It's when that test comes that proves that, hey, I've been standing on this thing, I've been believing this thing, come hell or high water, I'm going to trust God even when I can't track, trail, or trace him. I'm telling you, most, matter of fact, I'm telling you, if you're looking for most believers, people that once probably followed God, maybe was once on fire for Jesus, and they're not anymore, ask them why, and the majority of them will answer you with their trial. Their response will be, this happened in my life. And it caused me to then deny, it caused you to know, show what was proven. And that's why I'm talking about this. That's why I'm teaching in this moment because I want to make sure that when you, when we are put to the test, because it, 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 it ain't when the trial, it, I mean, it's not if the trial, it's when the trial. It's not if it's going to happen, it's when it's going to happen. Something is bound to happen in our life as believers that is going to put what we believe to the test. 
And that's why Jesus in the first part of Luke was sent out to the wilderness to be tempted of the devil to prove that God is. That's why he was always quoting what he already know. And this is so important, y'all, because what happens when the enemy has tempted us or come against us at any point of our life, that's not the time to go to Google. Like, when the enemy brings something, you ain't going to have time to go back and say, hold on, let me call my pastor. You're going to have to be able to stand there on your own. So Jesus ain't said, hold on, let me consult God. He said, no, it is written. He said, I already know what the word said before you tempted me, devil. And this is so important in our life because so many times we're drawn back for references and it's at that moment where we end up relinquishing the power that we had to stand. So that's what happened. Jesus go through this moment, and then he go, as you get through all the verses, then uh, the enemy kind of get upset with him and say, you know what? Uh, you ain't going to be fooled by my tactics. Because he's not a creator, he's a manipulator. He's only trying to use against us what God has already promised us. But when we know what God said and what, who God is, we won't be, get tempted. And so at the end of that temptation point, the, 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 the Bible said that the devil left him, Satan left him. He says, I will return at an opportune time. And this is so important, y'all. I, I, I went back this week and I said, cinnamon, and see, what happened is that this word opportune is where we get the word opportunity. That's why you meet people who are opportunists. They're waiting for something to happen in your life. They're waiting for things to go on, and, and, and that, those are the worst type of friends. I know y'all feel them sometimes. They'd be around you. They'd be looking for stuff. They'd be like, oh, I can't wait for something to happen in you so I can have something on you. Some of y'all married to that person. They, that's why they bring up everything that you ever did. Every time you tell them something, you're scared to tell them stuff. I bind that right there. Okay, amen. <laughs> you can say, I never won't tell you nothing because every opportunity that comes, yeah, bring up my past. How I many know there's nobody but the devil? Because God only holds your future for you, not your past against you. I'm serious. I'm telling you, when you, you have to sometimes bind, see, sometimes we don't recognize you have to bind those things. Like, hold on now. You ain't finna bring that up. You ain't finna hold that, because that, that's the enemy is always waiting for opportune times. This is so important, y'all. So after that moment, Jesus left that moment, and the enemy left him. Now, this is what I thought about, right? I said, okay, Jesus had to go get something to eat after that because he had to get his strength back up because he had to go travel. He traveled down his hometown to Nazareth, so he went from temptation to rejection. So he had to get his energy up for the travel ahead. So he went down to his hometown in Nazareth, and the Bible said that when he got down there, y'all, it's in the Bible right there, he got down there, he was talking to the people, and they was enamored until he said something they didn't like. And he said, a prophet is no good even in his hometown. And that's what I'm telling you, man, sometimes the people in your life may not appreciate your power. It'd be some of the closest folks to you that I hate on you. I'll tell you the truth. I mean, I mean sometimes you got to look at them like, why are you hating on me? They still see you as a little man. They see you still, they, they think you still. <laughs> Sometimes you got to tell people, I ain't pookie no more. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> hey, man. I, 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 don't know what, what every, I don't know what every group call they, they you know, the little kid. You know the little kid that just can't get right, whatever. And I hear you all trying to walk in God's purpose for your life, but sometimes people see, still see you the same way. 
Man, I tell you, I, I grew up in a great, I, I, in, a, in, a, in a hood, and it's so good sometimes when I have people post on my social media and say, man, Eric, I remember you. Running around barefoot and no shirt on. I used to be called, I was a bad boy, I was a bad kid. I'd be just tree houses, I'd aggravate everybody. Anybody had cousins, you used to get that uh, hanger and you used to make it hot and burn them while they sleep. Nobody wanted to spend a night, I was tortured. And some of y'all was worse, worse than me. Look at you now. Look at you now. Something good came out of your hood. But sometimes the people around you may not appreciate that. So Jesus had to go. This is important, y'all, because understand. So Jesus goes from temptation to rejection, and now he transitions to where we are today. He now goes and deals with some things firsthand. And Luke chapter 4 is where we ended off yesterday, verse number 31. Is what I want to read. I want to read a few verses and then we'll come back and let's dissect this and get through as much as we can in this time. Y'all know I'm in a series, so I ain't gonna try to get, I ain't gonna try to golden corral you. I mean, overeat. You know, I just wanna get you enough and you can digest it. You digest it, apply it, I promise you, you'll feel the power of God in your life. Amen. Because you know, if you overeat, you ain't got no power, you just want a pillow. <laughs> Amen. Okay. Amen. I ain't trying to get you no pillow, I want you to walk with power. So if, if you eat a certain amount of thing, you get it, you can walk out of here with power. And I'd be like, oh, man, pastor exhausted me. Now, here we go. 31, it says, then he, so now he goes to a, a new town. He goes from his hometown to the town of uh, 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 James, John, Andrew. And he's now in the town, he went down to the Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and on the Sabbath. These all, all these words are so important. These are things, these are days that you don't supposed to do nothing. That's why every time somebody tell me, oh, you're supposed to do this. When I follow Jesus, there's not a day of the week that you can't do what God told you to do. I know sometimes we got, oh, I can't do nothing this day. I can't do no. Every day as a believer is an opportunity to do the work of the Lord. Amen. So he went down to Capernaum, the town of Galilee on the Sabbath. He told the people. They were amazed at his teaching. This is important, y'all, because his words had authority. In, a, in other words, for them to recognize the authority and the power in his teaching, that means that their ears was used to words without power. This is important for us to understand. So in the synagogue, they were, there was a possessed man, a, a man possessed by a demon an impure spirit. He cried out at the top of his voice, go away. What do you want with us? Jesus of Nazareth, you have come to destroy us. This is so important, y'all. He says, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Note this, Jesus has not even revealed himself yet. This is important, y'all, because Jesus ain't told nobody who he was. He just came out of baptism, went into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil, went down to his hometown where they didn't recognize him. Now here he is in church. The enemy knows the call of God over your life. He heard the prophecies. Even The Bible talks about even before we were in our mother's womb, God predestined us. So the enemy knows that if, we can, if he could get you, that's why he's after our children. Amen. I tell you all the time, don't be playing around with that stuff. If your kids don't want to go to church, you better make them. 
You better tell them they ain't got no choice. Don't feed them if they don't go to church. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> tell them you can't live on bread alone. Amen. <laughs> I'm serious. I think they, they over there. Don't, 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 pastor over there don't give you another McDonald's meal. Amen. Some of y'all let y'all kids stay home and then go home and cook for them. Because the devil ain't, ain't holding no punches. He's coming at, while y'all left him home from church, they're on that internet getting filled with him. Not him, but him. Of the enemy. He's influencing them. Getting them used to it. Because any time you keep missing church, you are no longer miss church. Okay, amen. You keep missing. You get used to it. Like, oh, this is cool. This is all right. God here too. No, yeah, he, he everywhere. Okay. Come on back, Pastor. So this is what Jesus said to the devil. He said, be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. Then the demon threw the man down before them all and came out without injuring him. So important text right here. All the people were amazed and said to each other, what words these are? With authority and what? Power. He gives orders to impure spirits and they come out. This is a sign that they never saw this before. That means that whatever the devil was doing before Jesus came to speak to him, he was just doing it. They were so astounded because they ain't never seen nobody get rid of the demons and people. They probably know what, the funny thing is that they knew what demon possession was. But they never saw the power of God manifested in this way. It says, and the news about him spread throughout the surrounding area. Somebody shout Amen. So I want to kind of emphasize some important matters in this moment. As we look through this text, I want you to understand that there is power in teaching. Somebody shout power in teaching. There's power. So you can't teach something you don't know. Teaching invokes and it requires or even more so promotes learning. So Jesus showed them, first of all, in that first text right there, y'all see it in verse number 31, bring it up again, just bring it up, it says, he went down there, he taught in the people, and verse 32 says, they were amazed at his what? At the teaching, because his words had what? Authority. I need you to understand this, because this is so important, because the people are amazed at Jesus' teaching, because his, 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 his words not just had authority, but when you look at the context of the scripture, this was a unique authority. This was an authority that they never witnessed before. This was something that they never seen with their own eyes or even experienced with their own ears. It said that he had a unique authority. This stands in contrast to what they was used to hearing from the scribes and the Pharisees because whose teachings were often based on traditionalism and legalism. In other words, they were always trying to get you to do something, but they were never putting power in you. They were putting chains on you. That's why so many people are so afraid of really following God because they look at the text. When you look at the Pharisees and the scribes, every time they were teaching from either the Torah or the scribes, they was always trying to put you in a place of bondage. 
It was always trying to tell you what you couldn't do and what you can do, how to do it and why to do it. But when Jesus started coming and interpreting the scriptures and speaking and teaching, they didn't feel bondage. They started to experience power. And that's one of the things about teaching is that it promotes you to say, hey, tell me more. Because most of the time, people always, they always want to hear what they can't do and what they got to do. Tell me how I can do something for myself. How can I operate in what God has given me and not have to follow everybody else's, what they tell me? What, I'm not telling you not to follow your parents. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about, but literally, how do I operate in God's purpose for my life? Jesus' authority in teaching, it signals that he spoke with divine insight and wisdom. Somebody shout wisdom. Because this is important because this is what happened. I, I read this same verse. It's not going to come up, but I read it from a different translation. And it says, his teaching was forthright, so confident, so authoritative, not quibbling and quoting what they was used to. In other words, all they did, most of the time when they got into the synagogue, they said, let me just read to you what it says. But there was no divine interpretation. In other words, you can hear the word all day, but if somebody does not teach you interpretation, you'll never walk in application. And so many times we can read this word, but until you properly get an interpretation, you won't see it, you won't sense the power of God so you can apply it to your day-to-day -day life. How many know that everything that God has spoken through his word has the ability to be interpreted in your life so you can apply it to any situation? And so when you don't have proper interpretation, you don't have the power to speak over stuff that have not even presented to you today. In other words, when the enemy brings in something, some information that may be foreign to you, what you have is the information that God has already given you and the interpretation that he's already been giving into your life. Now you can properly apply it to the situation that you're currently facing. And that's what God really wants for every believer because he wants us to be continual learner. Somebody shout, I'm a learner. But this is the awesome thing about teaching. Teaching also makes you want to learn on your own. See, I'm going to give you a little bit here today, right? But it should promote you to say, Pastor, you ain't, because I can get up here and I can play that organ and have that thing behind me and give you a few huffs and puffs. Because I've been in church for a little bit and they'll be falling asleep when the preacher talking, but as soon as he say, and God said, you're like, Y'all be like, y'all, oh, he, he, he preaching now. <laughs> they wake up, like, oh, you, now you say, you're getting a sermon, preach, preacher. And you ain't heard nothing he been teaching. So you just had an, amen, somebody, we, we, someone grew up that way, and he said, and God said, if you're just, and he be like, and then pick me up, <laughs> turn me around. And I, 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 I said, I understand he did all that, right? I, did, I, I believe all that. And that's why for years I said, I don't need nobody playing behind me because I wanted, I wanted to create learners. Yes, I love, man, the music. Ain't nothing wrong with it. But if, all I'm, if I come to church and I come into this moment and all I'm looking for is an emotional experience, I walk out of here and said I had good, good church, but I learned nothing. Most of the time I grew up, maybe we say we had good strength. What happened, man? We shot it, we fell out. I said, what, what, what was the scripture? I don't know, but it was good. I don't know, I don't know. I can't even tell you what text it was. They don't even remember. They ain't got nothing in their notes. And so they walk out of that place 
pumped up but powerless. Full of a whole lot of stuff. And that's why my desire is your pastor. And I'll be 100% because as a pastor, we can become self-centered where people got to lean on us for every information. Some folks like that. I call that insecurity. That you got to come to me with every answer. No, you don't. I want to instill power in the people. When you're in your living room and you got things over your household and you see things running rampant in your own house, you got the power to bind it and rebuke it. That's important to me. I mean, I, maybe to not somebody else. They might like that, that, oh, come and count on me for everything. No, I want you to be able to count on God. Yes, I'm here, but I want to make sure that you're able to get what God has for you and that teaching, what it was going to cause us to do is cause us to want to learn on my own. Somebody shout, I want to learn on my own. Somebody go to the neighbor and say, you got to pick up your Bible outside of Sunday. <laughs> Amen. If you're serious about the power of God in your life, you got to be adamant about picking it up daily. People always ask, that's how you know. I said, because I try to show myself to the word of God, to show myself approved unto God. A work we need not be in the shame to rightly divide the word of truth. And the only way I'm going to know the word of truth is you got to read the truth on a daily basis because the enemy is lying to me every day. How many know that the enemy doesn't skip a day of lying to you? Telling you you're not who you purpose to be. You're not whoever, amen. He try to put those thoughts in our heads every day. But if you ain't got no word and you're not a continual learner. And also I discovered you have to be teachable. Amen. Because sometimes we could be, y'all know people like that. They know it all. Y'all know know it all. You can't tell them nothing. Hey Amen. Every time you're talking to them, they be like, I know. You're like, well, you ain't, you ain't act like you knew. <laughs> and not, now you know because I'm bringing it up. Y'all know people like that, right? Like, I, one of the things, like, if, if, you, if you were making some mistake, somebody came behind you and said, hey, you know what? You, you ain't doing that right. Well, I know. Well, why you, how you mess the whole thing up already? <laughs> ain't nobody get aggravated like that, especially if you're like a boss or something. You're like, okay. If you knew better, why you didn't do better? And so sometimes when we, get, when we get to that point, you also got to be willing to be taught. You got to be willing to say, hey, God, I can hear what you got to say and learn because teaching also exposes our weaknesses and it also accentuates our strengths. It does it. That's why this teaching was so powerful because it can show you where you are and it can show you where you need to go. But also teaching can show you how to get there. Amen. Anybody remember MapQuest? Boy, I remember Map. I was, I, I was, I was, I was driving the car the other day, and my kid. They said, How, what, "What did y'all do before, um, like GPS? No, before Siri, boy. Like, take me here. They like turn here, turn. Here. We we go Google Map, but then MapQuest. We had to print it out. And you, you had somebody over there read them instructions to me. I, I don't know how we got played. We had Atlas. I, I remember I got to Fort Bliss on the Atlas. You had to follow that road, boy. You had to look at that road, like, where that little road at? I think that's the one right there. That's a. Because now we got stuff that recalculates us. Well, at one point, because you, you could happen that you can listen to the GPS without paying attention. <laughs> okay, all right. Amen. 
You could be doing something else. They're going to tell me where to go. But back in there, you had to be listening for the instructions because they're going to tell you not just where to go. They're going to tell you, go from here to go there, turn right, turn this, then that. Because if you don't pay attention to the teaching, man. And I also found out this, y'all. Teachings also break tradition. So one of the things that when Jesus was teaching this, he showed them that how they were used to listening wasn't working for them. One of the things I love about ministry and us being a progressive church is that our goal is to always move forward. But teaching, if we don't teach it the right way, it's going to be very difficult to break tradition. Because sometimes we can get comfortable about how we've always been doing stuff. And the right teaching, I'm telling you, will cause you to move forward. Amen? So I wanted, I wanted to share that because that's so, that's so important because there's power in the teaching. And that's why I want you to understand about Jesus in this context, right? Because it's, it was his teaching that caused something to be recognized. See, if Jesus wasn't teaching with power, this enemy that was in the room would never have been moved. How many know, but when you teach with power, it's going to make the devil mad. Now, if you come up here and you pacify, the devil can enter this church right now and say, he ain't teaching with no power. I ain't going to say nothing. I ain't going to do nothing. Because there ain't nobody in this room in power. They're going to walk out here the same way they came in. But when you start teaching with power, the enemy going to say something. That's why God has given us power over the possessed. Somebody shout power of the possessed. Now, this is, this is something, right? Because usually when we see this word possessed, we think of stuff like exorcist. Amen. I grew up in church. I grew up in Pentecostal church, man, where they used to uh, have demon-possessed people, you know, waving and knocking stuff over. And, and, okay. Some of y'all scared of that stuff, huh? Because what happened is that if you stir the enemy up, he may show up. And some of us are stay cute as Christians. Just enough not to make the devil mad. Because if he really showed up at night in your house, and some of y'all, see, some of y'all got to keep every light on because you're scared. You're scared. <laughs> Amen. I saw I done rebuked that nightlight a long time ago. Gotta have a light, I got to have that light on because I don't know what's... Oh, Jesus, I'm going to get All right. Because what happens when the enemy really shows up? In our life. Now, this is important. I got to read this because it's so important, y'all. Because I know we've been, this is not what we talk about normally in the, in the modern church because we, we were afraid of aggravating him. But I'm here to serve notice today that we have power. Somebody shout, I have power over the possessed. In the synagogue, there was a man. Y'all got to read the text. Bring that verse 33 up real quick. In the, in the Bible, it says, it says, in the synagogue. Now, 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 this would have been pretty cool if I ran into him on the street. But I found out that the devil ain't always out in the street. He can be right in the church. <laughs> Sitting right among us. Now, this is important. I'm like, why would the devil show up? Because the devil is always showing up to see if you're really going to do what God told you to do. 
He'll show up. He says, right here in the text, he says, in the synagogue, there was a man possessed by a demon, an impure spirit. He cried out, not just quietly, but he interrupted the whole service. With the top of his voice, he cried out. Verse 34 says what? He says, he says what? Go away. Now, how are you going to tell Jesus to shut up and stop preaching and get out of the pulpit? Go away. Do, what do you want? Hear this. He didn't say with me. He said with who? That means that he ain't come by himself. This is important, y'all. You got to understand this. It's important because the enemy doesn't roll solo. It may look like an individual, but there's a whole lot of other stuff attached to it. That's why when you see when Jesus got to the tomb, they says, he said, who are you? He says, I am legion for I am many. That means that the enemy doesn't roll because he never divided. He know that we as Christians are. He know that we like to fight and divide ourselves, and even though we may look like one, sometimes we can just be by ourselves, but he'll understand that the power that rolls with us is more than enough. That's why we got to have Jesus on our side, because when we got God on our side, it don't matter who it looks like that is with us or not, we got more than enough power to stand against them. And we're looking at individuals here, right? But God said, you know what? I don't care how many they are, as long as you got me. You got more than enough power. Somebody said, I got more than enough power. This is the point. He says, go away. What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? That means this is so important that the devil in this text recognized Jesus before he ever revealed himself to the people. Jesus never walked in and said, nobody, I'm the son of God. I'm, the, I'm Jesus of Nazareth. I'm the holy one of God. He never even explained this yet. Matter of fact, even later on after this, when he was healing people, he used to always tell people, don't tell nobody who I am because I have not revealed myself yet. Even when you see later on, we get to the, his disciples and say, who do you say I am? And they say, well, I think you are uh, 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 Elijah or I think you are Moses. He said, no, don't even compare me to them because at Mount Transconfiguration, that's when Jesus revealed himself. But at this moment, Jesus has not even told anybody who he was. And you see in the text that the devil was the first person to identify Jesus. Jesus. So I asked myself this question. Why did he speak up? Did he now see this as his opportune time? Y'all remember early in the text, when he left Jesus in the wilderness, after he tipped him, he says, I will return when? At an opportune time. That means that the enemy is always looking for opportunity. Here he is right now, shouting out. This was that moment. Was this the opportune time? The man cries out, acknowledges Jesus as the Holy One of God and questioning whether he has come to destroy him, them. Now, this is a question. I, I, anybody be having questions when you read? I know I do. Why would he ask Jesus, are you here to destroy us? And here's the answer. See, the enemy... When he saw Jesus walking in that power and his teaching, when he saw the authority that he had in that moment of teaching, the enemies yelled out, are you here to destroy us? 
because he assumed that Jesus was there for payback. Because look, look what happened. If you look early in the text, when he, he was tempted of the devil and the devil could not get Jesus back, now Jesus is walking in his power. Now he said, are you here to come back and destroy us when we tried to tempt you earlier? When you, we tried to get the best of you earlier? Are you here to now take revenge? And God, Jesus said, I'm not here to take revenge of you. I have power over you. Anytime you got power over something, you don't ever have to take revenge against it. All you got to do is have the authority and stand on the fact that you know who God called you to do, and you, all you got to do is speak on it. Somebody shall speak on it. That's what gives us the power over the possessed. I'm not talking about all this jump across the wall stuff. I'm talking about stuff that is present in your life. Because what the enemy is doing, he's looking for the opportunity to speak against what you're saying. What he heard is that Jesus was speaking with so power, so much power, and that the people in the congregation and the synagogue was receiving that power. He had to show up and say something. He said, hold on, I ain't going to let these folks come around here and get that what God is saying and not be sure up and try to disturb the moment. But how many know that anytime the devil speak up, you got the power to shut them up? Amen to that, somebody. Because that's the next thing Jesus said. He said, what? Be quiet. I hear you making all this noise, and sometimes we let the devil keep talking. I go back, man, I be, man, I be messing with myself. I was like, man, that's all Adam had to say in the beginning. Because <laughs> Adam wasn't just somewhere in the garden, he was right there with her. And when that enemy started talking out of mankind, out of his purpose, you know all Adam with his dominion had to say was, shut up. Be quiet. And this is what it tells me right here, y'all. I, I, please say, Pastor, why are you yelling at me? Because, amen. Because you can't talk to the devil softly. Look what how Jesus said in verse 35. He said what? He said, Jesus said to him, say, be quiet. Jesus said it what? Sternly. Somebody shout sternly. Sometimes you got to be stern in your position. You can't move. You can't shake. You can't move out of that place because this, this man cries out because the demon in this moment admits that their willingness temptation failed to corrupt Jesus. And so I see that, man, if I would have got you back in the wilderness, you wouldn't be in this position now preaching with power. If you were listening to me back then, now I'm upset the fact that you didn't believe the lies I was telling you. Now I'm watching you, and that makes the enemy mad. And that's when that moment comes that you got authority over the enemy, and Jesus commands the demon to be quiet. Listen to this. Not just be quiet, but come out. Somebody shall come out. This is important, y'all, because he didn't tell him just to stay there and shut up. He said, I need you to come out. I need you to release him. And this is so important, y'all. He said, come out of him. And, said, and the enemy threw the man down before them all. That means that everybody witnessed this. It says, and came out, hear this, without injuring him. In other words, the enemy does not want to release you without destroying some of your life. Amen. He want to leave some remnants that he was there. But how many know when God takes you from a place where the enemy once had you, when people see you, there will be no remnants of what the enemy did in your life. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, I don't look like what I've been through. 
See, that's what the power of God does in our life, is that when the time the devil releases us, it'll look like we ain't been through, been through nothing. I tell you, if I told you the stories over my life, you probably wouldn't believe it by how I look, but I promise you that about 50 people in this room can testify right now that you don't look like what you've been through and what the devil meant for evil, God turned that thing around for your good. That's the power of God. Because before you knew Jesus, you was possessed. Then he was trying to destroy you. He didn't want to release you out of that relationship. He wanted you to have some injuries, some scars. He wanted you to be damaged goods. He didn't want to let you go. I'll tell you, that's why it's so hard to get out of that stuff. So he's going to let you go without ruining your life. But God said, when I release you with the power that I have, you won't come out with not a scab, not a scape, not a scrape. I know, I know some people that have been through some stuff in this room. I can tell you already. I know them personally. And when I look at it, I said, if it had not been for Jesus over their life, if it weren't for the power, there wasn't nothing but the power of God that got them through that thing. Because it was one thing that had power over them, but all of a sudden there was a spoken word that there was no longer be a bondage to that thing that had them bound. That's what the power of God does. It releases us to the point that we don't even look like. That's why, that's the whole point of that story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I know y'all love the story they went in the fire furnace, but the awesome part of that st story is that when the ropes burned off, the Bible says that when they came out, they had no stench or no smell of smoke. That means that when God brings you through some things in life, you won't even have a stench or a smell. Folks will look at you like, you've been through what? Man, if it had not been for the power of God spoken over my life. And this is what happens, y'all. Because you can't play patty cake with him. The demon obeys and leaves the man without causing. This is what further highlights the power that God has. That may he able to restore us even in that moment where he rebuked things of our, out of our life. And this is what happens when we understand that the power we have or to possess, it will now give us power in the press. Amen. Now this is, and, and, and somebody shout, I got power over the press. Now, now this is, was this, this right here, right here, this was before Instagram. Social media, Facebook, Twitter, X, whatever you call it. If you look at that verse 36, I think that's one where we at, look what it says right here. It says, all the people were amazed and said to each other, I got to go, I know I got to go. What words these are. With authority and power, he gives orders to impure spirits, and they come out. 37 says what? And the news. Somebody shout the news. How many know that Jesus is good news? All right. See, this is when the good news started right here, y'all. See, this, this, is, this, is, this is where we get the word good news, because Jesus never spread bad news. And this is important because he says the news about him spread throughout the surrounding areas. And this is how Jesus began to gain power even in the press because the people witnessing this event were so amazed at the power and the authority Jesus had over impure spirits 
that the news of Jesus and his extraordinary power, his ability spread throughout all of the area. And this is important because when you operate in the power of God, you ain't got to brag about it. You ain't got to tell nobody about it because the work that God is doing in your life will speak for itself. I'm telling you, you'll have folks promoting you before you ever can say anything about it when you do things under the power of God. You ain't got to compromise yourself. Because some people, y'all see, they'll, they'll go in that press or that social media and they'll compromise themselves trying to operate in their own power. But when you operate in the power of God, you may not have to tell nobody. Matter of fact, you may not even get recognized. Don't even worry about it because if God sees you, that's more than enough. Amen? I know that sometimes we want to be recognized. We want everybody to acknowledge how good we are. But if you're doing it under the anointing and the power of God, all you need to know is whether or not, God, are you pleased with my life or not? When God is pleased, that'll give you power everywhere. You'll find out, man, you'll start going places and people will start saying, I already know you. God, you ain't just here by accident, that you're here by God's providence. Anybody walked into rooms and people were having conversations about you that you didn't even know about yet, it was because God was already speaking on your behalf. Spreading your name around the world, already making president for you. All you got to do is stay in God's purpose, in his position, and you'll see God operate through you with his power. You may not have to say nothing, but God will speak for yourself all day long. He'll speak up for you. That's what makes us more than conquerors. What that word really means is that God goes before us and start conquering things we haven't even got to yet and begin to make presidents for us. So by the time we arrive, the enemy already know we're coming and he know that when we arrive that we're going to do what God has purposed us to do and walk in God's Power. Somebody shout amen to that. Amen. And I want you to understand this, right? I got to get out of here. I got to go. I'll finish this next week. We'll finish some more stuff. But when you understand that God gives you power in this way, it'll keep you from compromising. See, there's nothing worse than compromise power. You know, I was looking at, uh, some of y'all had AT&T uh, this week. You know, they had, a power, they had an outage, right? And they just apologized yesterday. I'm thinking about where you going to get my money back. Um, I know y'all did that, but you know what? But I found out that we serve a God who never loses his power. You know, sometimes when I remember that moment just for a second, and the Holy Spirit was speaking to me, and I couldn't make a call for like a whole half a day and I was so, my, my brain for a second says, what if something happened? You know, what if somebody really get into trouble and they can't make a call? And I heard Holy Spirit say right then, you never lost your connection. Wherever you go, you may not have a signal, but you got the Savior. Okay, amen. I, I was, and so I got in my, I was almost afraid to leave home for my Wi-Fi. I said, if I get out between my Wi-Fi areas, something can happen. And God is so, right then, maybe that's for somebody else. God said, you never lose connection to me because my power never fails. I'm always constant and consistent. I'm always ready. Come hell, hot water, or whatever excuse come in our life, God always is there. So never lose your connection with him. 
The world may cause this connection to be lost and make you go crazy for a second, but know that because you're connected to God, you're always walking in his power and you're always walking with his authority. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Would you give the God a hand?